Hello, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where your hosts, Jeff Hoffman and Cecia Perro, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's get things started. Are you struggling with rising customer churn rates? Trying to figure out how to manage customer renewals? Can you recognize the signs that your customer is not going to renew? If you're a rep who deals with renewals and upsells, you've probably encountered these fears, and you guys have definitely been emailing us about this topic. This week, Jeff and Cece dive into what you can do today to prevent your customers from churning and how to build closes into your customer conversations. Your Sales MBA starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where we're answering your sales questions at every stage of the sales funnel. I'm Cece Aparo. Jeff Hoffman's here. Hi, Jeff. Hi, how are you? Jeff, I'm good. Jeff and I both just got off of Red Eye. Yes. I can't promise it's going to be a sensible podcast. <laughs> we'll do what we can. There's nothing worse than a red eye. Nothing. There is. What is it? That's a red eye that's delayed. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But you know what's so funny? And I was talking about this because I ended up randomly flying home on my red eye. I was seated next to one of my best friends. We formerly worked together. It was so nice to catch up. But here's the thing about red eyes when you're flying from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's not long enough. It's the only flight where I want it to be a little bit longer than it is. Like four hours and 50 minutes isn't enough time for us to get up in the air, for me to fall asleep, wake up and feel refreshed. And it doesn't matter what class you're sitting in. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it is hard. I've never been rested on a red eye anyway. I think we kid ourselves that we're going to be anything more than a bag of goo when we get off those things. But um, yeah, there is something about the three or four hour one that it really is impossible to get any rest because it's too short. It's just too short. But Jeff and I have hacks. We have yep. products that we love whenever we fly. We are not sponsored by these products. So if you want to sponsor us, give us a call. Yeah. com. Shoot me an email. I'm happy to. But Jeff, I follow this blogger, or not a blogger, she's an Instagram celebrity. Her name is Heather McMahon. For those of you who listen and don't follow her, go follow her right now. She's hysterical. And by watching one of her stories the other day, she flies a lot and she has this thing. It's called a turtle pillow. And it's basically a neck pillow that you actually want to use. And it's one that actually works. And while I've yet to try it on a flight yet, I just got it in the mail yesterday, and I'm so excited. I wore it around my house for like an hour. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was a really good luck. But it kind of like pops out to the side. You can rest your head on it. goes right over your neck. I mean, there's nothing worse to me than a neck pillow. So the fact that this is one that I'm excited to try, I will definitely report back on the next episode. But... This girl, Heather, she swears by it. And I'm so excited. I was able to even sit on my couch for like five minutes. And you can let your head rest to the side and it doesn't hurt your neck. So this might be a game changer. It could be. I'll be interested in hearing your score on it after you've used it. I will give you a score. Yeah. I will definitely give you a score. But you look like a Star Trek member when you try. Oh, my thing. 
Yeah, I use AO yeah. glasses. Now, again, we're not sponsored by them, so I'm just giving you a product endorsement, and I'm not getting paid for it. But I do use them. I saw a guy wear them on a flight. I, I asked him about it, and he told me about it. It's called IO or AO. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's AYO, and you can get them on Amazon other places. Anyway, they're blue light therapy glasses. They apparently mimic natural sunlight, and they have come with an app. They sit either on your existing glasses if you wear them, or you just wear them like without glasses, and they look like something out of Star Trek. But they shine a very dim blue light kind of right into your cornea. And, I, and, <laughs> and it, has, it has an app, and you, like, you say, like, you know, I live in the East Coast, I'm going to the West Coast, or I'm going to France, and this is the time I'm landing. And then it does its little voodoo, and then it tells you, okay, put the glasses on at 7.15 a.m. for 10 minutes, then put them on at 9.30 for 15 minutes. You just follow along. And I don't know if it's psychosomatic and a self-fulfilling prophecy, like a placebo effect, but I'm telling you, it definitely improves. I can't say it gets rid of jet lag, but I, when I do it, I am more alert. It definitely helps with alertness. I use it in the morning sometimes. So, you know, whatever you can do to get through these horrible travel episodes, you know, do it. They're not cheap, these glasses, but they, they seem to do the trick a little. They make it work for you. Or you make it work. I want to try them. So if you want to send us a free pair, send them my way. Yeah, we like your product. <laughs> All right. Well, last week in our episode, we were talking in one of our hacks for the week on things you could do was to go get a grade from your customer. And it's actually interesting because we got an email for this week's episode, which is all about getting grades from your customer and figuring out how to get in front of a customer renewal. So you ready to jump in? Yeah, definitely. All right. It says, hi, Hoffman team. This email, I should say, is from Tarek from San Francisco. So it says, hi, Hoffman team. I'm on the customer success side of things, but I'm finding your podcast topics very helpful and informative. Thank you. Um, I was listening to your episode on dealing with difficult customers. and was intrigued when you mentioned that there's ways to identify whether or not a customer might get mad or upset during the sales process. Can you elaborate on this? And can this be applied to what my team does on the customer success side of the relationship? Are there warning signs my team and I can look for in our customer relationship that might help us get in front of issues and solve problems before it results in them not renewing their contract with us? Thanks in advance. You know, I can offer some thoughts here only because in my career, I sometimes had to manage the account management function in our sales orgs. That would only generally be because I was a sales leader if that account management job had to do renewals or upsides or cross-sells. But I I do have some experience in working with the post-sale part of the relationship. And I can share with you a couple of things, Eric, as well as anyone else listening. Uh, That might surprise you. First, there is a real honeymoon period that happens once a customer buys. So the premise of that question about maybe they didn't like certain things during the buying process, if they didn't and they bought anyway, don't worry about those bumps. They've moved past them because it's hard to justify buying a product if you didn't like the process. So they figured out a way to live with it. So I wouldn't worry about any legacy things. But the buyer goes into a honeymoon period after they purchase Honeymoon period only lasts maybe 30 days. So the first question you want to make sure you do is that your customer needs to be onboarded and using your service within those 30 days. Whenever you have a prospect that for whatever reason, implementation, training, shipping, whatever, 
that they can't get onboarded in the first month, this deal is already in a yellow state for its next renewal. Losing momentum after a purchase before they can use the software or use the product or use the hardware or whatever it is, is dangerous. So it's really important that if you have a role in customer service or customer success, that you are all hands on deck in the first 30 days of a new customer. I mentioned on the last podcast, we talked about getting a grade as a way to fill your pipeline or do something smart for your sales every day. And one thing is asking for a grade. For a customer success rep, that's vital. So asking for a grade on how you're doing is a critical one to do, again, within the first 30 days. You can't afford anything less than an A. You get grades lower than an A during the honeymoon period. Again, this deal is in jeopardy. Here's what happens when a customer loses their passion for what they purchased. They will only second guess themselves for so long. They'll only accept the idea that it's us, not them for so long. At some point, and it'll be probably in the second month, even if the issues were largely on the customer side, if they're not satisfied after two months of purchase, they're going to blame the vendor. And they're going to blame the vendor probably silently. Because if it isn't fixed in the first couple of months, the feeling is it might not get fixed at all. Customers decide to non-renewal before they decide to renewal. What does that mean? It means if a customer is going to renew with you, they're probably deciding within three months of the renewal date. But if they're deciding to not renew, they might have decided eight months ago. So having the second element is not just in getting the grade in the first 30 days. Second element is you need to also touch your customer within the first quarter, even after you got a grade. The reason why you want to have frequent conversations with existing customers is not always to sell them more stuff. It's to get in front of service issues because if issues go unfixed in month three and month four, they'll be gone in month 12 because think about it. If I'm unhappy with a vendor and I've decided in May that I'm just frustrated with my vendor, then I'm very likely going to solicit bids from other vendors in the summer. And if there's a good rep in the mix, knowing that I'm unhappy with my current vendor, they might very well give me a contract that starts when your contract ends, but maybe they give me three months of free service. So I use them for free for the last quarter of our contracts and I just start paying them. So when you finally come around and ask about the renewal in October, not only have I moved on and signed another contract, I'm already using another product. There's a good chance I don't even call you back. So getting early Early, early satisfaction conversations from your customer is ideal if you're going to hope to renew them. So that's the second element. And the third element that you want to look for warning signs around customer relationships is when the main host of your relationship that you've been having regular check-ins with moves on or changes roles. If you've been talking to someone around uh, customer satisfaction over the first quarter, and then they let you know they're onto a new role and they do a handoff, that handoff is also a risk element because you're handing off a relationship. You're not handing off the vendor. You're not handing off the process. You're handing off a relationship, which I would argue is impossible to hand off. Relationships are not transferable things. So, When your customer says, you know, I'm no longer going to be working on this relationship. I have a new role. You'll be working with Lisa. I'm going to set up a call so we can do a a transition. Resist the temptation to do that handoff call and say, you know what? Could you talk to Lisa and tell her about me without me on the phone? And then let Lisa know that I'm going to call her 
And if you don't hear back from me, it's because Lisa called me back and we're good. And if you do hear back from me, it's because I haven't heard from Lisa and I will need your help on a three person conference bridge. You engage the, the handoff of the, of, the, of the relationship with a little more responsibility. And then when I go out and call Lisa for the first time, there's no one else on the phone. It's me and her. So we can start our relationship fresh, which is where we have to. The idea that I had a great relationship with Sheila, and now because she's gone, she's going to give it to Lisa. Lisa's her own person. So the, and very often the customer success side, we forget that. So those are the three things I consider when you're worried about early cancellations. Those are the things I look for. Are you a rep who's struggling to get prospects to call you back? Wondering why no one is replying to your emails or how to overcome those early objections like, we're all set. Do you understand the art of negotiation and how to close your prospect on your first call? Or are you a new manager who has no idea what's going on or how to manage a new team of reps? We at Hoffman are here to help. Our workshop offerings give you the tools and tactics you need to fill your pipeline. With over 30 years of success, Hoffman workshops are designed for reps like you who are looking to up their game with techniques that transform results and actually work. In this interactive workshop, you will unlearn the mistakes we mindlessly repeat and learn to speak a new language that will dramatically change the way you connect with prospects and customers on every call and email. Send us an email at workshops at sellhoffman.com or visit our website to get more information and see what city we're going to be in next. Happy selling, everyone. Jeff, I have a question for you because this is a side of the customer-facing world that I've never been a part of. So I'm sitting here thinking, all right, if I were that customer success rep or that customer success manager, what would I want to say in that first transition call? What are one or two key questions that are essential that you ask that new person when you finally get them on the phone? Sure. First question I'm going to ask is if they've ever inherited a vendor relationship before. And you might hear a no. But if you hear a yes, you'll certainly want to ask, well, tell me how this works for you. How do you like it to work? Do you trust the team member who handed it over? Or do you like to build a relationship yourself? Like find out how they want to work a little bit. That's the first thing. Second thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be going to great lengths in describing the buying process, which most reps will skip over. Say, how familiar are you, in this case, CC, how familiar are you, CC, with how you guys wound up buying from us? My chances are she's going to say I'm not. And that way you can start to find out if she has existing relationships with some of your original buyers, because that's an interesting thing to know or not know. And then you want to find out about her role when it comes to budgeting. When you renew a contract, CC, is that out of an existing budget you inherited or is that out of your operating budget? By the way, if the answer is the latter, then she might like you just fine, but she likes other things better and she wants to spend her money elsewhere. And that could happen. It's happened to me. So those kind of questions are important when you start the relationship. Do not assume anything. When you get a new point of contact post-sale, this is like a brand new deal and you have to treat it that way. So smart. I've been on the opposite side where I've been the customer inheriting a legacy vendor in our org and no one has ever asked me those questions. So if sure. you're in customer success, this is exactly what you should be doing because those are basic questions, but I don't think I've ever been asked either one when I've been on the opposite side of this. Right, because usually what the customer success rep is so 
muscle memory takes over and they say, so what do you mm -hmm. think of the product? How's it working for you? And it's like this new person probably has no idea what you do and doesn't care. They might inflict a grade a little. Also, if they give it too bad a grade, it might reflect on their decision-making ability. They're the ones who bought it. So they're going to inflate it a little. This is what it sounds like. If you hear a customer say you're an A, you should feel good about it because you are. It means the relationship is an A or the vendor is considered an A vendor. They say A minus, which is a very specific grade. That doesn't mean just a lower A. It means a B. It means whatever kept them from A was significant. And it's probably a B grade, not an A grade. And then if they say B plus, that's a very nice way of saying C, your average. <laughs> and if you hear anything that's B or South, including a B, then you're getting an F. Why wouldn't they say F? Because when a customer has decided they made a mistake and want to move on, the last thing they want to do is have a long conversation with the rep on why they should stay. Hey, that's what got me into this mess was believing you. So I just assume not get into a long sales discussion. So I'll say B, B minus to make you think that it's bumpy, but solvable, correctable. And then I'll just disappear. And if you don't believe me, if some of you are thinking, well, that sounds a little bit like, that sounds a little too, too harsh. I don't know if people really do that. Try this out. Next time a customer says you're a B, ask that same customer, do you renew contracts with vendors who are Bs? And we'll see how off this grading system is. <laughs> <laughs> Put it to the test. Put it to the test. Put it to the test. Tarek, I hope that this was helpful. And we really are reading these. So if you've got a deal or a sales question, that's what we're doing. We're answering your questions. Doesn't matter what role you have. Doesn't matter. Just make sure you tell us as much as you can about who you sell to and anything about the sales process you know, so we can get as specific as you like. And our hope is that these questions are more universal than just, uh, the, the, just because you think you have that question all by yourself. Chances are there are thousands of salespeople struggling with the same question, and we love tackling them. So uh, thanks for writing in, Tarek, and everyone else who does. All right, Jeff, what is one thing that everyone listening should do right now that is going to change the way that they sell today? Yep. Mid-afternoon, today, 30 minutes, 2, 2.33, somewhere around their local time. Rest. Schedule a rest break. Get away from your computer. Get away from your phone. Do not talk to anybody. Find a quiet room in your building. Find a quiet wing in your building or take a walk around the campus. But for 30 minutes, no phone, no conversations, no earbuds, no email, no screen. All great athletes, artists, dancers, musicians, anyone who has to create things understands the importance of honoring your physical self and giving it the rest it requires throughout the day to perform at the levels you hope it does. And when we ignore rest, we ignore the vehicle that's supposed to be driving us to our goals and our hopes. So schedule 30 minutes of rest today. And with that, Jeff's off to yoga. That's off to yoga. That's right. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much. Happy selling, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. 
And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other reps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling. Mm-hmm.